Welcome everybody to the Engage and Equip podcast. This is a resource designed to help form substantive disciples for the local church. My name is Nick Gibson. I'm the lead pastor here at High Point Church. And today I'm joined by Vasily Barbieru, who is uh, ancestors, sort of a few generations back from Romania. They were sent to Kazakhstan. They ended up in Moldova. And um, he's going to tell us some of uh, the history of his family, how he came to Christ, and um, some lessons or some things that uh, Western or American Christians really ought to know about um, some of the suffering and the lessons learned by believers who lived in what we call the Iron Curtain, um, but under communist governments in Eastern Europe and the Soviet Union. Welcome, um, Vasily. Did you want? Do you want to tell us uh, how we met through your daughter, just so people know how we got connected? Yes, um, uh, I've been visiting my daughter uh, in uh, Wisconsin, and she invited me uh, to your church, and uh, was very uh, pleased to to do this. Uh, I very appreciate. And then uh, we meet with you, and uh, when the service was uh, finished, and we have kind of conversation uh, after after service. That's how I know. Uh, about your church, about you through my daughter, Sulamita Barbiero. Yeah, I was. T- I think I told you that morning that something like 40% of our church is under 35 years old. And these are people who are adults, they're responsible people, but they were not alive or conscious of what was happening in the world um, when communism and the and like, controlled a huge part of the world in millions and millions and millions of human lives. And so they just don't, they don't have much memory of that and it affects the way they think about the world and the way they think about government and their faith in, in ways that I wish they were conscious of these things. So I've tried to bring people on the podcast who've had personal experience and, and family experience living under communist regimes. So I, we talked, you started your story with your grandparents. That might be a good place to start. Do you want to start there maybe and tell us something about what happened with them? Yes. I would glad to tell this, uh, it was very uh, bad, uh, horrible experience. Uh, my grandpa from my mom's side, uh, he have uh, in his village, small village. It was in Romania before the Soviets uh, from the Soviet Union come and uh, make invasion and this uh, land uh, in uh, Romania. So he have his own uh, business, uh, grocery store in the small village, and. Uh, he uh, he had his house right in his house. Kind of one part was the business, uh, grocery store, another house. So when communists they come, it was in uh, um, in uh, nineteen uh, thirty nine, thirty nine. So they came and mm-hmm. they confiscate everything from him. They took it everything, literally everything. Uh, his mm-hmm. store, his house, uh, everything, and uh, arrested him, put him in, uh, in a jail, sent him in Siberia from uh, Mold- Mold- Romania, Moldova, one part of the um, Romania. Uh, they separate them first. They separate from family, uh, mm-hmm. sent him in uh, Siberia. It's 3,000 miles away from the Moldova. And... Uh, his uh, wife and four kids, my mom at that time, he was the oldest one, 10 years old. And the youngest one uh, was uh, just toddler. So they put them, not just them, but 
all all those people who was arrested, as many many people uh, was arrested in that time, who have private sector, and they put them in cargo train, all those ladies with kids, and they send them uh, three thousand miles away in Kazakhstan. Same they did with my grandpa from the uh, my father's side. He was wealthy man, and he was kind of like a mayor, not in the city, but in the uh, uh, in the village, it was a big, big village, and he was the mayor in this, uh, uh, and, uh, in this village. So they arrested him too, and it confiscated all, all, everything from him, separated with his uh, wife, uh, kids, and sent uh, him in jail too in uh, Siberia. And, uh, and uh, he, the family, wife and kids, they sent in, the, in the Kazakhstan too. So that's so, mm-hmm. so. So it sounds like what you're saying is um, that basically anybody who owned anything in the private sector or was a leader in the government, the when the communists came to Romania, they just arrested all of them and sent them off. Yes, this one was one of the category. Another category, as was a lot of uh, uh, Christian. Christian was persecuted too, uh, and they was not just put in jail. Same like in the private sector, who was very very. Uh, wealth in the private sector and very smart to do their own business, even they was uh, arrested and killed, it, murdered. It. And same with the Christian too. A lot of Christian in that time was murdered, uh, even from the uh, old uh, Russian Orthodox Church, not just the Protestant, but R- Russian Orthodox Church too. A lot of... Uh, it, what, mm-hmm. Was it worse for Protestants because they weren't part of the Eastern Church? Did they were they treated even worse as like Western sympathizers or something? Today it's uh, they have more uh, more freedom than before, but how I know the Russian Orthodox Church tried to influence and uh, and the government and try to be control like a kind of like a uh, state religion, you know, uh, yeah. general religion. So what is not good? So when the two, when these two men of your grandfather's generation got sent to Siberia, were they sent to like a gulag? Were they ever heard from again, or were they imprisoned for a while and eventually let go? Uh, it was not gulag because in Siberia they have many many jails. It's not just the gulag. So they've been in a certain uh, uh, certain place, uh, and actually in that place uh, was born uh, my. Uh, the oldest, uh, oldest brother. So, uh, yeah, this was not not Kulak. It was di- different okay. place. Yeah. Was it? What's the difference? Was it like a prison town, or was he like in a literally a jail? Because is a gulag in your mind like a work camp? Mm-hmm. How, what what do you how do you distinguish the two? So it was jail. It's really was jail, and. Uh, Jail in the in the former Soviet Union, it's 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 terrible terrible place. It's not jail like we have here in the United States of America. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, after a while, they uh, give to them permission when they stay in the jail. One from my uh, father's side, uh, father he he actually died in the jail. Uh, my mom, father, he survived. But they not give him permission to go back in Moldova, but to stay in certain place, so and they can visit in them. 
in Sibiu. Okay. So he couldn't he couldn't reunite with his family permanently. No. He still had to stay out there. Yeah, he have to stay over there. He can go uh, uh, back to his family and certain certain place. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of Americans don't know. The, a lot of Americans have never experienced restrictions on travel. I don't think they even know that governments have ever done this, which is very sad. Mm -hmm. But my understanding is within the Soviet Union, there were times where you would have to get permission from the government just to go to another town or county, much less move to another place, that you had to have permission from the government to move. It was not during this Soviet Union when they uh, operate. And that time was uh, uh, you can move everywhere if you're not criminal, but if you, uh, they count you like criminal, it's mean if you Christian, I know from my former pastor and his mm-hmm. uh, parents, they've been in jail too. And uh, same, they separate the family, uh, put uh, them in jail, uh, husband and wife and kids put in orphanages. And they not give to them permission then to travel in an other place when they was uh, liberated from the uh, uh, from the jail. So, right, because they were considered criminals yeah, because they, they were Christian. They can, you know, they can put a label on you, you criminal, and that's it. So you you can uh, travel and uh, yeah, yeah. Place. I think Solzhen- I think Solzhenitsyn said that this is a way that like if you pleased the state then they would let you do things. And if you didn't please the state, they could come up with a reason to do whatever they wanted to you. It, is, is that similar to what they experienced, do you think? Exactly, exactly. This is the, uh, this is the main point to, to s- separate uh, what is the state says or the regime says or uh, whatever government says it's one side. Jesus exactly from the beginning when he preached, he put straight line. You know, he, he separate. He showed the denarii and he tell them, what is this? Caesar, okay, give to Caesar what is the Caesar and to God what is the God. We have to understand like a Christian what is uh, what we can do according to the uh, scripture, what is there for the government uh, and we have to obey, like obedient, obedient citizen to do our, our work. And what for God? Yeah. So um, so you were born in Kazakhstan in 1962. What was it like in that era of time before you, before you guys moved to Moldova? What was it like to grow up in Kazakhstan during that time? I'm, myself, I'm not remembering because we... Uh, We've been, I've been born in 1962, and uh, in that time, uh, they just start uh, to kind of uh, remodel, we say, uh, an agriculture in Kazakhstan to prepare more lands to have kind of more agriculture lands. And uh, it was not bad, like communist says, it's good, we're we good, we we uh, we okay, you know, uh, and many many and places we kind of going forward, uh, but it's again it's compared to what we doing good <laughs> compared to uh, mm-hmm. America and other capitalist capitalist uh, states, 
it's not uh, was so good, but <laughs> people just don't know. You know, when you confuse, when you all the time listen to liars, and you start believe, and because you don't know the other options. So, mm-hmm. but I, I believe my parents they moved from the Kazakhstan and uh, and Moldova. They tried to come back after uh, after uh, twenty. Uh, I will say 25, probably 26 years. And that time I was just four years old. And they decided to come back to Moldova to start living again in Moldova. Okay. So... So you so you lived a lot of your growing up years in Moldova. What was it like there? That would still be, uh, that would still be in the Eastern Bloc considered under Soviet, under communism. So you you were growing. It was a different country, but you're still under communist a communist regime, right? Exactly, exactly. Uh, again, the big, big main uh, different and what is the was dangerous for the people. It's they not allowed to have private sector to develop the private sector and was mm-hmm. against the uh, law. If you start doing this in some way and they figure out, they will first they will put maybe you have to pay a lot of money or they arrest arrested you or they uh, put you in jail again. This is one one big big uh, big part. Another part they uh, they not allowed for Christian, Protestant Christian, to express the, their faith. They've been arrested, like I told about my uh, former pastor, but many, many other people. They, they just was suffering and uh, was persecuted just because they Christian, they, just because they would like to worship God, invited people in their, uh, their apartments or house. If they, uh, the police figure out, the Soviet Union is not police, it's a uh, militia called militia. If they will be figured out, they can arrest you and uh, they can put uh, for you uh, to pay the money or they put you in, in jail. This was uh, the big, big, uh, big problems. So, okay, so you grew up there and then you went, you went to college to study nursing? Is that right? Yeah. First, first after high school, I get uh, a uh, medical college to uh, to get degree for uh, uh, it's a kind of like a nurse medical practitioner to be medical okay. practitioner, kind of like a nurse practitioner. Nurse yeah? practitioner. And yeah. So you lived you lived in Russia proper for one year. What was that like? Yeah, and Russia, it's very, very interesting, but uh, one republic from another republic, it's kind of different too. It it's, looks like strange, but Moldova in that time was more prosper and uh, an economic economy. Oh, it was? Yeah, than Russia. Okay. Uh, they not, not die from the hunger, but it's still, they don't have... Uh, meat in the stores and I remember when I was live over there what we can eat is just uh, uh, like a soup from and 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 pockets mm-hmm. you can boil it by yourself and potatoes yeah. and, and milk and and it was, was it, this was the 1970s when was it this? was 1979 okay 
So almost 19, in almost 1980, when most Americans were, had microwaves and just could buy anything in the grocery store, you were in Russia, the, the centerpiece of the Soviet republics, and you were eating soup and potatoes. Yes, soup, potatoes, they have bread, you know, but sometimes, you know, you have to come uh, on time to get uh, bread, you know. It's not like yeah. here, many kind of style of bread, every day, all night, supermarket, you come, mm-hmm. no, you have to come in certain time, and uh, it's in, it will be enough for your bread, enough for your bread, milk, milk, uh, can be not enough, uh, you know, this kind yeah. of way, you know. Right. I want to come back to that in a little bit once we get a tiny bit more of your story. Um, so you then you had to serve in the military for two years in the Ukraine, in the Soviet Army. Is that right? Yes. It's obligated. Uh, you have to do this. It's not like your choice. Uh, mm-hmm. I know this before I was in America too, in the United States. So yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and I've been uh, in Ukraine. Now, sometime in this time, I think when you were at college, you came to Christ? After uh, when I finished uh, army, I decided to continue uh, my medical career and I get in a medical university. And uh, in that time, in that transition time, I meet with my future wife, a beautiful girl. And uh, she introduced me to her uh, grandpa. That uh, was an uh, old uh, Ukrainian man, a godly man. He's, in that time, he was 82 years old. And, wow. uh, because my wife, uh, her uh, mom, it's a uh, Ukrainian, but her uh, grandpa, not grandpa, but pa, her father is a Tajik, it's kind of Muslim. Not kind okay. of, but Muslim, Muslim uh, mm-hmm. uh, people from the Muslim people, yes. But they live very good, we live uh, in peace uh, together, mother. Mm-hmm. So she introduced me to her grandpa, and through her grandpa, uh, I become Christian when he told me the story, how he been in uh, World War II and the uh, army, Soviet Union army, and uh, when... Uh, he and another soldiers was taken in captivity with the Nazi uh, Nazi soldiers in the Nazi camp. So he been really in the Nazi camp, and uh, in this Nazi camp he uh, suffering a lot. And he decided one day to escape from this uh, place. And he told me uh, he by himself just make decision to run run away. So and uh, he get out somehow. He will run away. And he told me it was um, he was exhausted, and uh, uh, it was sunny day. He been in the middle of the uh, flat land. You can see everywhere, and just in the middle of this uh, flat land uh, uh, was few tree, just few tree, five or four tree. And uh, when he was running, he started hearing the dogs barking, and he turned around and he saw the uh, soldiers, Nazi soldiers, and the uh, German shepherd uh, dogs follow, chasing him. They figure out he escaped, somebody escaped, and they mm-hmm. start chasing him. And that time he was not Christian. And what he what he told me, 
uh, he tell me, uh, I thought, that's it, they will f- uh, catch me and kill right away, or they will took me back and kill me in front of the oldest uh, people in the Nazi camp. And the first time in my life, he told me, I fall down my knees right in, um, between this few tree and start praying, God, if you save me now, I will serve you all my rest of the life. And those soldiers with dogs come to him, and uh, they like a blind. They circled him a few times around, and he told me, I can see them, but they can see me. And uh, mm. they just circled him a few times, and they co- go back. And that's how he uh, became Christian. And through him, he invited wow. me first time in a Protestant church in Kiev, and I, wow. and I become Christian after a while, too. Wow. So, okay, so then you became a believer. Then what, so how did, what, how did that change your, your life in a Soviet regime? Did, were you persecuted? <laughs> did, did you have to leave? Did you try to leave immediately? I mean, what did that, did you have to hide your faith? What happened? <laughs> so I, uh, when I become Christian, it was in a Baptist church in the Kishinev capital city, Moldova, right where I was the medical university in Moldova. So, mm-hmm. and uh, I come to the office, people who are in charge for the, uh, our, uh, our kind of branch where I study for, to be a doctor. Uh, and I told them, I'm not belong anymore to communism. I give you my certificate, some, uh, uh, what is kind of say about the communism, you know, and tell them, uh, I'm done with this because I'm become Christian. And they told me, uh, you can do this. They t- try to kind of first uh, secure me. Then they told me, okay, you can be Christian and will be the, uh, to stay in the communist because they both afraid about their own uh, uh, position. And uh, I told them, no, because the communism... Uh, uh, principles, ideas, uh, they say you have to fight against the Christian, how it can be here and it can be here. So, mm-hmm. and I remember after this conversation, when I left them, uh, one uh, teacher, they, he followed me and he asked me, uh, you know, Barbiero, he told me in the last name, he told me, Barbiero, you, you stupid. I asked him, why? He told me, I'm Christian too, but I'm Keep it in my heart. I'm not telling to anybody I'm Christian. And then I told him, you know, Jesus himself, he says, who will be ashamed me in this sinful world? I will be ashamed him in front of my heavenly father and angels. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's, it, it seems so smart in your head to keep quiet. And then you listen to what Jesus actually said. And you just have to believe that you can't. You can't be quiet. You can't shut your mouth. You have to be honest with people and tell them what you believe. So somehow we somehow that led to you coming to the United States. Exactly, exactly. I, I, we've been just because after when I become Christian, my wife she become Christian too, and uh, then uh, my my mom. Uh, become Christians, and at that time I joined some uh, church, some 
kind of home style, home home group, home group Bible study church in Kishinev. And uh, it's just after one year when we just become Christian. And this group, they told me, Vasily, you know, God prepare us and God tell to us it's, it's prophecy from God. God prophesy in church and he says, very soon he will destroy the Soviet Union, will destroy all this communist system and he give opportunity for his people now to move and he opened the door to go in the United States. So, and we decided to obey what God tell us. I pray and I, got receive, I received uh, answer from God. You have to drop your university, everything, and you have to go. So you you came because you felt like God had told Christians to leave and, and you felt like he was telling you to leave? Exactly, exactly. I, I've been praying and I ask from God, to signs for me if it's really for me uh, to go and he he un- answered me uh, directly to make sure uh, I'm not kind of confused right. uh, to know hundred uh, percent that I need to go. Wow, wow! I just I, I didn't know that. So you came in response to a prophecy that you heard from somebody, and then you tested it in prayer. And you decided it was right, and you followed it, and you were able to come here. Was it hard to get out of Moldova? Uh, I will bring for you just one, one example. One example how it's how it looks. So, the okay. mail what's coming outside from the Soviet Union, it's uh, the most from the capitalist country. The government they uh, stop it and they not bring to you. So when I apply all those paperwork for Washington D.C. for uh, refugee status, I apply and I drop to embassy in Moscow. But I was thinking, how in the world it's come to me back from the Washington D.C. because I know how it's working in and the and the communist system in Soviet Union. They're not just allowed to you to have this mail. That's it. That's very simple. And I remember mm-hmm. uh, uh, it was uh, summertime, and I come back home from uh, fishing. I was fishing. I was. Uh, I like to f- fishing. Actually, fishing mm-hmm. by hand, not in the fishing pool or something another. Just by hand mm-hmm. in this in the river. So and I, okay. I come back uh, home, and uh, my my mom, she shows me the yellow big huge pocket from the washington dc <laughs> and I thought, oh wow i thought wow that's exactly what i said i thought wow, wow. if god make this this uh, letters come to my village is not in a big city you know i live in village and it's right. going through many 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 you know the uh men's and uh uh, many hands who can stop this yeah. mail and not not right. give to you, you know. And angels just protect and give to us uh, uh, this uh, this mail back. So, Vasily, I, I want to take the rest of our time to focus on um, the realities of living under that kind of regime and what Christians should know about it that they maybe they don't know they haven't 
they haven't experienced. In the notes you sent me, um, you said a few things about economics. We said a little bit about how hard it was to get food. You said some things about how hard it was just to get shoes or how hard, like, how hard it was to buy a car. Do you want to just tell people a little bit about what it was like economically at that time um, under those regimes that were supposed to make everybody equal and wealthy, but they more made everybody equal and poor? Uh, the first of all, you know, uh, they, the propaganda, they tell you that you, you're not poor, you know, <laughs> right? So you, you're okay. And, uh, from one point, you know, if you uh, see from the point of view, like Jesus says, if you have bread, you have clothes, mm-hmm. he not even tell about the roof, about house right. and he tell be satisfied. So we kind of be satisfied. But from the another point of view, uh, yes, I I just bring example uh, because for uh, one one example, and that time they can build up uh, the apartments just for example, like maybe five-story apartments and they can build up this five-story apartments five years, six years. Here, oh man, yeah. Here it's just take for the construction this kind of apartments, uh, not more than one year, not more than one right. year. This was why right. was shortage for the apartments for the house, and many people like we live in the. Student dormitory, it was student dormitory, but it's not was just was the student dormitory. It's many, many people all around the Soviet Union. They live kind of in this uh, condition. They have one bathroom, they have uh, one kitchen, uh, they have uh, uh, one if they have uh, like a bath, and uh, for. Four family, four or five family. They have one bathroom, wow. one uh, bath, and uh, one, one kitchen. So, yeah. and all the time they kind of waiting when they can get their own apartment, to live in their own apartment. Shoes, like yeah. I tell shoes, yeah, you can buy shoes, but these shoes, you you can uh, uh, run away after, after a while, but to buy uh good shoes uh you have to have good uh friends who can uh, uh live it for you this kind of shoes keep it for you and then mm-hmm. uh you need to work for this kind of shoes almost one month salary three quarters of, of the wow. salary yeah and the cheapest cheapest car uh was Zaporozhets and you have to uh, uh, work for this uh, car at least three and a half years just to collect the money, just collect the money, not doing anything else. Man. So, yeah, I mean, it's and that's in the 1980s? Yeah, it was 1980s and... Uh, oh, and by this time when we left in 1990, 1992, okay. yeah, 1990. Wow. And- so, 
So in 1990, that's what people were living like. Yeah, they, that's how they live because uh, oh, was uh, not not uh, not enough. And uh, why it's not enough? Another reason why it's not enough. For example, when they uh, building up the building, some building for the apartments, uh, mm-hmm. because it's no responsibility. It's not like a. Uh, because it's not private sector and nobody responsible for right. Nobody responsible. They, yeah. That's why everybody's try to steal it cement, tries to steal it all kind of materials, and all the time is not not enough materials because people try to steal it and build up their own uh, something for their own houses or in, uh, mm-hmm. in their own lives to do something. Uh, yeah, yeah, Vasily. So um, there's. You know, some people, I think even younger people might say, well, you know, even 1990 is 30 years ago. Um, but but people hear a lot in the United States of what people think about socialism and communism who have never lived under it, who have read about it, and who have read like philosophers like Marx and folks like that. Um, as somebody whose family was profoundly affected, you experienced it in a number of different locales or places. Um and, you, and you're a believer and you understand how, how Christian faith was affected and how people's faith was affected in these kinds of places. I just want to give you free license to tell people whatever you think is true that they should know about communist and socialist systems that American Christians might be naive about or not know about. First of all, we have to know where, where does this come from? Uh, this is not simple kind of idea uh, like a man's idea. This is demonic idea to destroy what God established in each uh, person to have uh, free will to decide it where live, uh, what to whom worship, and to have uh, his own uh, business, to have his own house, to live. Uh, in his own property. This was God created mm-hmm. and uh, Satan tried to destroy. This idea, it's absolutely a uh, demonic idea to destroy people's life, to destroy uh, godly planes. Mm-hmm. Another way, uh, very important, it's to, to know that we all the time have... Uh, possibility to decide it between evil and good. So this this system, this system uh, try to uh, people all the time push down to not have opportunity for uh, mm-hmm. worship God and uh, to do mm-hmm. what we really uh, believe what according to the scripture what should do. So this is uh, very important that communist idea, they try to absolutely destroy uh, people's faith in their life, to absolutely not uh, believe in God. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people have heard the lies told by these kinds of regimes where they say people have freedom of religion. They just don't want to go to church. And that's not true. Like you were there, you you experienced this. You saw how people were treated. 
it absolutely is the case that these regimes seek to crush people's faith. Exactly. Exactly. And even in that time, I just uh, uh, experienced when I become Christian, I've been over there two, just two years. But people who've been before me, they experience all kind of uh, persecution uh, from uh, communism uh, about their faith. And uh, like I told before, uh, they put a lot of uh, penny for them to pay, arrested and uh, put in jail and even was murdered. So it's very, very dangerous. And uh, we have to be uh, prepared all the time to stay in the word of God, to do God's plans, what God tells us to do. One of the things that Alexander Solzhenitsyn said in Gulag Archipelago was that cultures and regimes like this live and survive on lies. That the native language has to be lies, and people have to decide that they will accept that and tell lies in order for regimes like this to continue. Do you feel like that's true, that like there is a, there is a kind of dishonesty that lives in everyone who accepts the regime. And that's one of the reasons why it's hard for people to come to faith or to tell the truth or to resist what's wrong or to face what's evil is because you're supposed to live by lies. Is that, was that your experience? Yeah, it's, um, I will say we all the time uh, have to know what is our tape major, like a symbolically to say. If people, they mm-hmm. don't know true, then they will live in the lie and they will believe lie. That's why the communists mm-hmm. try to illuminate Bibles, scripture from the people and the Bible, mm-hmm. the scripture, it shows what is the truth when Jesus says, source the true and true make you free. And right. communists, uh, they have a uh, kind of magazine uh, called uh, Science and Religions. And they put in this uh, uh, magazine some scripture, some of them scripture. And then the interpreter says, this is not true, this is not true. And people, because they don't have Bible, they don't have access to buy the Bible and have Bible. They read it, just this, some passage from the atheistic magazine, passage from mm-hmm. the scripture, and they become Christian. They start believing. Oh, really? So this That's is, good. again, proof. When people know the true, what is the scripture, the Bible, when they source this true, then they free from the lie. Then they recognize, no, this is a lie. And I will not follow this uh, lie. I will follow what is the true. Because the father of the lie is the Satan. Jesus said, when he says uh, lie, he says from himself, because he is the father of the lie. And every system, regime, would not recognize God, they, uh, under this uh, control of the father of the lie, what is the Satan, and how they can say true if they fill up with the lie. But people have mm-hmm. opportunity all the time to find uh, find the scripture, find the Bible, and start searching the true 
and then they can be free from the confusion, free from the uh, uh, all those kind of fear, uh, all those kind of uh, uh, darkness. What Satan tried to put on people and control them through the fear, through through the light. Yeah, yeah. So right now in the United States, um, I just I was with a um, a Spanish speaking pastor a couple of days ago, and he said that he's seeing a lot of people come to Madison from Venezuela right now because that country is falling apart because of socialism. And, um, but yeah, even though that's happening in the world, people always seem to say that real socialism has never really been tried yet. You know, like that, you know, everywhere it seems to go, it seems to corrupt everyone, destroy things, tell lies. Um, there seems to be censorship. So people can't tell the truth. And it ruins the economy. It keeps people from forming families well. It does all these terrible things. And then human beings seem to have this perpetual ability to just say, well, that's just because you didn't do it right. But one of the things you said was that you thought at least that communism was really demonic. That it, because it teaches against all of these things that God institutes, families, belief in God, worship, self-determination, the freedom to choose, the right to have the fruit of your own labor, all these sorts of things that it's like certain forms of socialism always destroy the things God institutes for the flourishing of human beings. Can you say a little bit about that? Because so many people in America are struggling with, they want a government where everybody has enough. They don't like poverty, right? Sometimes they feel like capitalism rewards some people and doesn't reward other people. What would you say to people who struggle like that, who who are tempted to think that some form of strong socialism would be the solution to human problems? Yeah, for those people, I will uh, tell them to go and uh, live in Cuba and uh, Venezuela and uh, some uh, places in Russia to see uh, what damage make this idea. Because... Mm-hmm. This idea uh, absolutely stand against uh, the basic, what you mentioned now, the basic principles, how people are supposed to be function. They're supposed to be mm-hmm. function from the beginning how God created them to mm-hmm. have their own business, to have possibility to work for own business. Apostle Paul says, work mm-hmm. by your Hence, then you can uh, uh, satisfy yourself to do for yourself and for those who need. So it's working mm-hmm. to have possibility to work, to have possibility to to worship God. Again, we come into this very, very basic uh, basic uh, uh, principles, and uh, uh, but see like a. Uh, Again, this kind of story about mouse and uh, poison it. You not put a uh, whole uh, poison for to catch mouth, but you put some cheese and then a little bit poison it. So this kind of mm-hmm. uh, uh, idea, socialism, communism, they just tell them this is good, this is okay, uh, but in practice it's uh, not okay and absolutely... Uh, wrong, absolutely stay from the uh, people's you know, basic principles to give people freedom mm-hmm. to 
decided yeah. how how they would like to uh, live. If people would like to have their own business and they not give to them opportunity, uh, this is obvious. This is not right. If people would like to worship a God and uh, they not allowed, arrested them and kill them, this is uh, absolutely wrong. This is not uh, how it's supposed mm-hmm. to be. And uh, people uh, need to wake up and uh, look in uh, look into the to the true. But the proverb mm-hmm. says the foolish believe for everything, all kind of information. But we have mm-hmm. to uh, search, search the truth to see, according to the scripture, uh, what is the Bible says about these uh, principles and follow the, the scripture. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you have any last word for people, Vasily? Yes. Uh, again, uh, the Bible says, Apostle Paul, he says, God not to give give to us spirit of fear, but spirit of love, spirit of power, spirit of sound mind. So this is the Holy Spirit who uh, with us all the time, and he would like to be involved in all area our life. And uh, I encourage uh, everybody to search this true, search the Bible, to stay in the word of God, to stay in uh, God plans, to be obedience to God, because Jesus, he says, why you call me Lord, Lord, and not doing what I tell you to do. So we're not just uh, supposed to be not just listeners, but doers. And then we will be not confused and not follow the communism or socialism, but we will follow what Jesus tell us to do. So I'm blessing everybody to be obedient to God, to do what God tell us to do in this world. Preach the gospel, cast the demons, heal the sick, clean the lepers, rise from the dead people. This is really Christianity, and we have to stay with this. Amen. Amen. My guest today has been Vasily Barbieru. Thanks so much for being on the podcast with us today. I want to say before we go, um, for if you haven't read anything um, about uh, Christians and their struggles and sufferings, under communism in the last century, particularly, I want to I'm going to give you a couple titles here. Mm-hmm. Uh, a contemporary one where a number of these Christians have been interviewed um, by an author named Rod Dreer is a book called "Live Not by Lies." Mm-hmm. "Live Not by Lies" by Rod Dreer. Some of the classics in this is "Tortured for Christ" by Richard Wurmbrandt. He was a pastor in Romania. There's another book called "Tortured for His Faith" that I read in college that was very influential for me by a pastor named Harlan Popov. He was a pastor in Bulgaria. And then um, there is a shortened version of the Gulag Archipelago. When Solzhenitsyn wrote it, it was several thousand pages, but there is about a 350-page version that Solzhenitsyn um, uh, authorized as the best of that work, and it talks about um, what life was really like, especially what people were willing to do to each other and how lies, um, how they controlled everyone. And, and I think that if you didn't live through some of that era, you owe it yourself, owe it to yourself to read some of these books so that even if you believe in a nation that where we should help the poor through the government in some ways, like a certain amount of a welfare state, mm-hmm. that you'll have in your mind a very strong view that censorship of the truth shouldn't be done in the press or in people's ability to talk to each other, that people should have 
a nearly absolute right to private property, that we should have um, strong laws protecting the formation of families and travel and the sorts of things that are necessary in free societies, even free societies that have robust um, mechanisms for helping people who are unfortunately poor. Um, because Christians have always been for that in nations, but we've also always been for increased levels of human freedom and responsibility. And that is fundamentally incompatible with virtually all forms of historic socialism. So, um, Facilia, that's it for us. If you have any last thing you want to say, I loved your final blessing, though, um, for people to listen to the scriptures, to do what Jesus actually said, and to not be taken in by people who make promises that sound good, but that go against what God actually teaches. It's been really great to have you on the podcast today. Thank you. If you have a podcast idea or a question you'd like answered on the podcast, send us an email at podcast at highpointchurch.org. If you'd like to find more episodes, you can go online to highpointchurch.org slash podcast. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, and other apps like that. We hope this episode was helpful to you as you grow in becoming a more substantive disciple and a part of the local church. If this episode was helpful to you, rate or review us on Apple Podcasts or share this episode with a friend. Those are some of the best ways we have to reach new listeners. Until next time, thanks for listening to this episode of Engage and Equip.